We're recording. Yeah. What's your name? Who Andrew. are you, please? Andrew Cooper from Unite. Wrong one. <laughs> <laughs> What's your name? Andrew Cooper from Unite. Did you Better. press the wrong one then? Yeah, <laughs> you pressed it, but it's. What an absolute idiot. <laughs> so, Andrew Cooper, finally get you on here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you didn't want to do it, did you? No, nope. still don't. Right, first thing we do, first thing we always do is say how we know each other. So I'd say we've known each other six, seven years. Yep. Uh, Moto days. Yes. Yeah. What did. Fucking dogs are so noisy. Is there any way you can put them so they're not so noisy? Um, not really. Okay, we're just going to have to put up with that. Ignore dog noises in the background. So. We're good mates. Can we say mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. We're, you're on, kind of, you're kind of on the um, you're on like the handful of people I'd sort of ring up most days. Yeah, you know, ring each other most days, and those, that, that seems to be becoming fewer and far between nowadays with me with certain people. Mm-hmm. I'd say there's you, Coo. You are Coo. You are. Yeah. Who is it? You, Miles. But Bickley. not Miles as much nowadays, Bickley. Yeah. He's going to hate that now. Yeah, but he's busy in London, isn't he? Yeah. Um, not Stu. No. Makes us Stu, but he's not a phone conversation kind of guy, is he? No. He's like, what the fuck do you want? And you're in a <laughs> so if we go back to how we got to know each other first, it was riding, uh, well, it was motorbikes, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. I got to know you when I was racing the Enduro <laughs> motorbikes. Yep. And you were... A headless fucking lunatic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. how, how old were you then? Um, twenty-six. Yeah, yeah. And you were quite—you were quite a chubby, chubby chap then, weren't you? Was I? Yeah, I think you were. No, I was in shape. No, it was no, it was more no, puppy fat, and you then you lost it when you were racing the mountain bikes. No, I was in shape. Puppy fat at twenty six. Yeah, <laughs> at least that's still puppy. Twenty six. I was in shape. Got fat. Got back to shape. Got fat. <laughs> <laughs> so right, we sort of know that we know we're good mates. We know where we got to know each other, and we've ridden with each other loads and loads and raced. But we'll get on to that in a bit. Uh, we need to rewind it right back. So you are how old are you now? Thirty-two. Thirty-two. Mm-hmm. So where did you grow up? A little village called Lambacranion in Mid Wales. Cranion. Yes. I always thought it was Carinion. Whatever. <laughs> if you grew up there, shouldn't you know? Yeah, no, yeah. it was a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. And what uh, do you remember your childhood much? Did you enjoy uh, it? Not particularly. Um, yeah. I have a few memories from high school and very few from primary school. I'm yeah, pretty empty up there, unfortunately. Were you riding, or what, you know, what sort of age did you start riding bikes? Yeah, so my dad got me into racing um, from an early age, yeah. mainly XC. What uh, sort of age is this? I'd say eight. Yeah? Yeah. Um, back then it would be like the Midland Super Series and uh, a few other races like that. Yeah. And then that kind of progressed to, to downhill as I got old enough to, to do the actual races. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
So when were you you were out just riding and pissing about when you were a kid then? Uh, I'd say I was pushed a lot to race by by my dad. Oh, were you? Yeah. Was he riding mountain bikes then as well, or was he on the dirt bikes? No, he was on the mountain bikes as well, yeah. Did he race as well? He didn't race, no. no. We, we'd ride together, but then it would just be me doing... Being, and my sister used to do a little bit of racing as well. Yeah. Oh, did she? <laughs> she raced mountain bikes? She did, yeah. I didn't, I've never known that. I didn't even know you had a sister. Did you not? No. She looks like me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's got a beard too. Ginger. All the tattoos as well. Yeah. She's fatter than me. Do you remember when you showed me a photo of her when we were driving? Yeah. (laughs) And then it crashed. Oh, God, we better not talk about that. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, you're you're a young kid, you're riding, you're going to the races, and then you started racing. So, was that juvenile? Yeah, so juvenile was the first... um, well, the youngest you can properly race at, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if anyone's wondering what the <laughs> is, it's uh, we've come to Coops to do this tonight, and he's got two French bulldogs. French bulldogs? Mm-hmm. They are, aren't yeah. they? Mm-hmm. So uh, they're like running around like fucking idiots. Yeah. And my daughter is in the other room there trying to trying to calm them, so you just have to put up with that till they start relaxing. Sorry. Yeah. Sounds a lot worse on our headphones probably than it really does. Um... So yeah, you were you were pretty handy as a youth rider because the only reason I f- the only way I found that out was years later when me and you went to um, we went to Petey's downhill, didn't yeah, we? When would that City. be? About 2015, 2016? Uh, I don't think I was back riding then, to be honest. It would have been later. Well, oh, because when you were with Evan Jura, Mag. Yeah, maybe 20. Yeah, I left then with. 2016, Did 2017, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It must have been about that then. But I remember we were, it was near the end and we were down at the bottom and Rat Boy come up and I didn't even know you knew him because you, you're quite modest about that sort of stuff. You keep it to yourself well, and you go, fucking hell, it's cute. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember what he said because it really stuck in my mind. He goes, fucking hell, I remember when you turn up at a race, I'd think, oh, I'm fucked now unless you crash. Because <laughs> you used to beat him, didn't you, in the youth? Yeah, well, he was he, he was um, he was a year younger than me. But yeah, uh, yeah as a juvenile, I was... Uh, Quite good if I could stay on my bike. Yeah, it just didn't happen that often, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. Just pull your microphone closer. That's better. Get a bit <laughs> far away. Um, so, you're a youth rider. Best mm-hmm. result as a youth? Um, so juvenile. I think I was third in the MPS overall. So that was behind Chris Hutchins and Rory Cunningham. Wow. I won the national. But for some reason, it wasn't actually uh, national champs when you were juvenile. Yeah, I think my my best ever result was my first year in youth. Uh, it was put Moyle free, and I was third behind uh, Brendan Fairclough and Rich Thomas. No. Yeah. Wow. Pretty happy with that one. That's pretty cool. So, where were you riding at the time? Where were you? So, going? <clears throat> basically, where we used to ride now, um, places like Kersu's, Hopton, Bingewood, um, Bala. They just used to be a lot, a lot harder. Yeah. All the tracks now are very tame in comparison to how they used to be. When you say a lot harder, you mean like they're a lot more natural and... Yeah, they're, yeah, they're more groomed now. They're a like, lot more groomed now. So yeah, they're a lot more natural, but it'd be, it'd be quite often you'd go to a race and there'd be like only five or six people could actually do a jump. Yeah. Whereas now that's kind of unheard of, you know. Yeah. You'd have to sprint out of a... A tricky corner with roots, mud everywhere. Yeah, have to put a good pull in. There's always one, isn't there? Yeah. 
Sorry, carry on. It's all right. Yeah, I've, I've, I've lost it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, so it was just, it was a lot harder, you know. Do you think that's because the bikes weren't as good though too? No. Um, no, they've changed so much. A lot, lot of it, like places like Care Seuss, there's no trees then now. And when you tell people Care Seuss used to be actually quite hard, they just think you're an idiot. Yeah. But like when there was trees everywhere and roots everywhere and it was quite fresh, it was it was quite hard, yeah. And also when you got the trees, it never really dries out properly, does no, it? No, and it was quite dense at the top there and... Uh, the farmer Ian was always always digging and always doing something. It made it made it a real good place to be. Yeah, as a as a you know as a young kid. And what were you what were you racing on back in them days? What sort of bikes? Uh, so in juvenile I was on an orange two two two, and then after that I went to a giant uh, DH team. Oh, did you? Yeah. And did you have support off your dad? Uh, my, my dad obviously helped me a lot with the races, um, and obviously funded it. You know. Yeah. Um, as a kid, I was I was sponsored by Pierce, but I, I never really had any uh, real sponsors to actually help finance racing. So the engineering background that obviously we'll get onto, but I want to when you're younger, uh, all part of it is the fact that your mum and dad had an engineering business. Yeah, so it's, it's quite funny, isn't it? How it all comes around. But yeah, my. Um, my dad set up his own engineering business and, you know, ever since I can kind of remember being always around his work, yeah. doing these little things. And it, yeah, it was that that ultimately funded uh, for me to go racing. Yeah. And what was the, what was his business doing at the time? Was it, was that all the, has it always been the sort of yachty type stuff? No, so the yachty stuff has uh, only been the last few years when he actually sold his business. Yeah. So before that, it was kind of gen, you know, general precision engineering so yeah. kind of any machining work yeah, yeah. and what what uh, at what point did you start sort of thinking oh I might, I might be interested in doing that oh uh, it just kind of happened um, I left school had no plans nothing no idea what I wanted to do and I my dad just said do you want to come work for me and I was like okay was that like an apprenticeship not initially it was literally just a year at work and then when I was 17, um, college had already started and we were approached by Shrewsbury College because they were down on numbers. Yeah. And then, yeah, I just somehow ended up doing an apprenticeship a year later, very last minute. And uh, I guess it kind of progressed from there. You know, my first job when I left school at 16 was a YTS, which is a youth training scheme. We got paid £27.50 a, a week. A week. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> at, uh, per- That's your pension, that. Perkins Engineering. Yeah. And I had to go there from Loggerheads to Shrewsbury, which is 25 miles on a 50cc. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I lasted about two months. Yeah, not I, surprised. Yeah, it was, uh, but I, I sort of, you know, old fashioned lathes and so, so yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm basically fully qualified. Yeah, yeah you, could, you could take it you like tomorrow. Yeah. He always says that, do. doesn't he? Yeah. All the time. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. We are where we're at. We're at. Uh, you're you're still racing through all this. Are you? So I, I kind of stopped racing, I guess, when I was about sixteen. So uh, still riding then or not? No, I kind of stopped the mountain biking completely. So I was a crasher. Yeah, um, it got to the point where I was in that hospital almost every single month with concussions or this or that. And oh, it really, just literally, was not fun. Yeah, you know, and I lost my my pace, and I had had enough really. And what age did you sort of get back on a? Well, a motorbike. So a motorbike, I'd say, again, mainly encouraged by my, by my dad, who had a motorbike at the time. Yeah. And then we started just to do a little bit of a, you know, a bit of riding, a bit of, bit of enduro. And, uh, 
yeah, I just started to to do that. I, I guess I I don't think I ever really took it that seriously. But when I was about, I'd say twenty three, I uh, started to do some more races and yeah, spend some more time on it. And how how did you get on with that with the motorbike and your? Um... Yeah, I mean, I was okay. You were you were. I think <laughs> I seem to think you were similar to me, where you could win Clubman races. Yeah, that, that was it. So I was just at the the top of Clubman, and I remember the, my last race before I got injured. I. I won the Clubman race by like two laps, which was about 15 minutes at the time. Wow, where was that at? It was a uh, fast steady one down South Wales. I couldn't was it? Track. But yeah, no, I was I was getting some good pace on. And uh, about uh, a couple of weeks after that, I tore my ACL. And yeah. That, and that was the, the end of my uh, motor, motorbike days. Right, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you could have got, if you'd have carried on, you'd have been straight into experts, obviously. Yeah, no, so I... Um, I also did a, did a, a rally. Um, if anyone doesn't know what a rally is, it's like a an easy enduro. And um, was that on a big bike or on the at that time? I was on the four fifty. Yeah, yeah. And I, I won fastest four fifty, and, and I was third overall. Oh, were you? Yeah. So the kind of plan at that age for me was to go to a six fifty, um, do more rallies, and actually try and do the Dakar. Um, Maybe a bit naive of me, but uh, yeah. that, that's what I wanted to do. <laughs> I think that's where I first met you because we were at a same race. I can't remember where it was, and I remember chatting to you about the. I remember you telling me about the rally, and yeah, I was kind of interested. I was like, well, that sounds pretty. Yeah, cool. no, it was good. It was just like flat out everywhere. It was kind of what I liked to do. Yeah, and uh, I've always been better riding the big bikes. Don't really know why. So uh, it, for me, it was the kind of obvious place to go with it. And I mean, the, the Dakar's the ultimate, isn't it? You oh, know? it's so expensive. To it's do it the is Dakar expensive, now. yeah. I remember when, uh, I can't remember his name, it was an elite downhiller, who's an old boy. He he, he does the coaching up at um, Clandrithlo, up that way, Bala. Mick Extance? Mick Extance, yeah. Because yeah, he was the highest placed Brit for years. He was, yeah. And even then, this is like, I don't know, fifteen odd years ago, twenty years ago, I think he said it was seventy grand to do it. Yeah, now. it's uh, what. So now it would be like hundred odd, one hundred and fifty probably. I think by the time you factored in bikes, um, travelling, the actual entry fee, all that kind of stuff, it's it's not a cheap race to do. No, you've got to be really experienced. You know, the yeah. chances of you even finishing it are unlikely. Very low. Yeah, yeah. but uh, you know, as far as life experiences goes, you know, I don't think anything could actually beat. It to say that you know yeah. you've done the, the 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 Dakar. I spoke to Paul Bolton about this, and yeah. he said he was going to do it, and then he, he sort of looked into it a lot <clears> and realised it was actually not as good as you thought. Mm. There was a, there was too much luck and chance involved. Yeah, well, I mean, maybe. I mean, Paul Bolton's a considerably better rider than I was. You know, he'd yeah. probably looking more looking for a result rather than a. Yeah, you know, just to write, just to get through it. Yeah, mm. yeah. What did Knighter get? Knighter did all right in it, didn't he? Yeah, uh, I remember did it the once, didn't he? Um, yeah, it was about like three or four years ago, wasn't it? Yeah, I can't, I can't remember his result, but like, uh, I think it was Antoine Mio who also did it, and uh, mm. he didn't win it, and he was an incredible rider. Yeah. So you're you're on the bike at the time, and then I think this is kind of when I got to know you uh, a little bit later. You got another mountain bike yeah so I tore my ACL um, I had two operations on that yeah and uh, to recover I bought a mountain bike bought do you know set. what ACL stands for 
anterior cruciate ligament. Glad you said that. Yeah. Gonna, <laughs> did you not know? <laughs> I had no idea. No, so it's a ligament gonna, in your knee. I was going to uh, pretend I knew then. Yeah. And make something up. It's not a, uh, it's not a nice one to do. So like, um, after I tore it, my knee was like semi dislocating, oh. which wasn't wasn't great. And then you have to have MRIs. I had to have two operations on it, and you're talking like kind of six six to twelve months uh, recovery time. So it's, it's not no. a great one. No. And uh, yeah, I bought a second hand orange five to to try and put some strength back into my legs and uh, literally never looked back. And what, you didn't have the five when I sort of went riding with you. You had, was it intense? No, it was Lapierre. So Lapierre, I, yeah. I, I bought that orange five second hand and then uh, Sandy Plenty opened a shop, trailer, yeah. and uh, I ended up buying a Lapierre off him. Yeah. Which, uh, that was kind of when I started to get back into racing I bet you only went in for a pair of goggles didn't you <laughs> <laughs> oh no he did me good to be fair yeah, yeah. <laughs> I bet he did um, yeah so that was when I got to know you and we used to I mean we used to go like the trail centres and that didn't we yeah. I remember going you used to come with us on our every Sunday we went to a trail centre normally like do 60k was yeah, it massive yeah massive rides yeah. riding's changed so much and so, I'm glad it's changed actually because if I went to Coidy Brennan now and just did the beast, I'd find it so boring. Yeah. And we used to race up the hills and race yeah, down the flat race down the hills. Do you remember yeah. the time Affy come with us? Yes. <laughs> you remember seeing him round, like, for anyone who doesn't know, that's Dan Afferton. Yeah. I remember seeing, that was when he was... Doing the EWS. Yeah, he yeah. was shit hot. Yeah. Remember how quick he was around them flat turns? Yeah, yeah. It was weird, wasn't it? He'd, yeah. like, jump into them. And get and, grip. Yeah, so, he'd, like, he'd, like, pull up before a tight left or right hander and then land turned and like amazingly the bike would grip and he'd just fucking be gone different he? gravy yeah, different, different gravy <laughs> don't know what that means do you not really no. too, yeah. it's a ute thing no <laughs> so yeah we're doing that and then we start riding and then you decide to start racing mm-hmm. and I have never seen that's when I realised how uh, focused you could be on one thing. Yeah, so like, I'm quite obsessive, and if I'm in something, I'm a yeah, I'm fully committed. You so know? you went from no, I wouldn't say I was taking the piss before when I said you were a fat lad. You weren't then. <laughs> you were just you just weren't like in like ripped. Nah. But within six months, when you yeah. decided you were going to race and you started getting quick, you were like right check this out lads I'm going to get fit and we were like yeah right and then yeah. you then you turn up for races or if we ever come to your house and you'd have all these little fucking packets of food do you remember yeah you had yeah. like a proper diet plan you had yeah, all these little cartons yeah and you had about eight of them a day and it was really boring shit bland yeah, food sweet potato but within day. six months you had like hardly any body fat no. you were like what 12 stone I was just around 13 I think I just maybe dropped into the 12s but yeah I was lean as I could ever but be absolute beast yeah well and I'd lost some power to be fair but uh, in terms of absolute actual fitness yeah and you know it was I, was I wasn't too bad so we started racing and you started doing the uh, all the British Enduros or whatever they were called at the time be uh, yeah <clears throat> What's it called? I can't change it. Steve Parr's one. That was it. It changed. Yeah. A few times in it. And then UK gravity enduro. Gravity enduro. And uh, best result in that? I don't think I ever actually won any. Um, you did well though in the elite. I did well. So in, in the uh, 
in the senior days when I was trying to get to elite, I think that's when I was probably at my best. But I yeah. still crashed a lot. I mean, remember that crash? Was it Grisdale? Yeah. Fucking hell. <laughs> so, what he did, Todd, is he had a massive crash. Uh, it was over the bars, hit his head, and then you somehow you had a full face Troy Lee full on, face didn't helmet you? on yeah. somehow a rock got in his helmet fucking smacked your head big time didn't yeah. it and you had to go to hospital and have yeah. stitches get my head stitched up yeah and uh, <coughs> concussed you know anyone in the right yeah. mind they're like right that's it I'm done you know a week off yeah <laughs> he come back in a hurry and this was during practice and he's like where's my fucking bike I'm gonna race I'm gonna race and everyone was saying no no and he was like where's my bike and you still raced didn't you yeah, still well, did alright well, I had to seed and I remember literally finding my bike and pushing up the track while everybody was there yeah. just trying to get something you were in. so frantic yeah I wasn't it wasn't great and that's it? when I realised you're a fucking nut job <laughs> the track the seeding track was hard as well wasn't it yeah there was yeah. a lot of like flat rocky yeah. wet corners it wasn't easy So, but you did put some Awesome results. I remember at the time, remember I had, um, I was riding for Marin. Yes. And yeah. like Marin just gave bikes away like water. Yeah. And I had all these different bikes and yeah. I had the, and you were like, I think you were. Did we, that light enduro, didn't we? We yeah. got you a bike through Enduro Mag as a, like a test thing. And you got that Canyon, was it Canyon? That, yes. Yeah. That took like fucking 48 years to get a replacement when you broke it yeah. remember remember how shit the, the yeah. fucking warranty was that switch that, um, yeah. yeah so you had the first one in the country and then it broke like straight away and then you just couldn't get it could you for ages so I said oh we've got this uh, night race at Forrester Dean I've got a spare Marin and it was the short 120 travel short that was it. Yeah. 650 <coughs> yeah. proper XC thing really wasn't yeah. it like a trail bike and you fucking cleaned up yeah. You beat everyone on it. Remember that? <laughs> yeah. No, it was a, it, to be fair, it's probably the perfect bike for Forrester Dean. Yeah. It's quite peddly, quite flat. You don't need a lot of trouble yeah. there. It was a good little bike. I remember seeing when you cracked a rim and then raced on a downhill bike. Oh, yeah. I, I, still, I still remember that. So yeah. that went, like, big on Instagram for it, how it long did, yes. it was. It did, yes. Yeah. Where was that where you did the net? Because some people were moaning about that, weren't they? They were moaning about it, yeah. Apparently, um... It was, was it Dovey? No, it was Eastridge. Apparently, it was an unfair advantage to either downhill bike and Eastridge. How can anyone say a downhill bike is an unfair advantage on an enduro tracks? I don't know, especially Big Log. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Big Log's um, like flat half of it. And did they do enduro tron that time? No, so it was Big Log, students, and I think it was 98. You've probably got an advantage on students. You've definitely got an advantage on students, yeah. Um, 98, it's probably either or. Yeah. But on them big log you've got a disadvantage but in them days you had to get to the top by a certain time didn't you so it yeah. wasn't like now where it's like mashups and it was like you, you have to, to be there it. on that minute and if you miss yeah. that minute you you get time added to your time see that, that was the hard bit but like for me I've always been quite a powerful rider so most people wouldn't have bothered but I can ride a, a downhill bike I could still ride a downhill bike relatively competitive compared to trail bike yeah whereas a lot of people would be like I guess no. Yeah. You know. I've seen it a few times over the years where you get, I, I remember the reason I said Dovey, there was, when we did one of the Dovey <laughs> yes, ones, the there was a lad there on a V10, yeah, wasn't there? Yeah. He, he looked fucking Flat ruined. out in the field. Do you remember seeing yeah. him on the climbs? Wasn't that um, the guy who rides to Stanton? Oh, I don't know. 
Yeah, the guy Darren. Darren, Darren Evans. Was it Darren yeah. Evans? Because I, I wouldn't have known him. Then, so. I imagine he did. Yeah, he'd do something daft like that. So you did put some good results in, yeah. and you were a full-on racer. And at the time, you were working <coughs> for your mum and dad. How was that going? Yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> working for your parents isn't easy, you know. Um, you struggled a bit with that, didn't you? Sometimes. Yeah, no, I definitely did struggle. Um, it's hard to to work with your family. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't recommend it to anyone. No, I can imagine. Yeah, me and Todd fall out sometimes just doing stuff in the bloody selling, shed, selling t-shirts. Yeah, don't ever yeah. take don't mm-hmm. ever take take your, your dad's keys. Yes. Oh no, <laughs> I know. I've felt the wrath. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Do you want to tell people what happened? Um. So, we went to get a pizza, and Dad gave me the keys to get the wallet out of the car, and I forgot to get the wallet, and I just took the keys in Leah's dad's car, and then I left the keys in his car, and, and then he went in, in the morning, I'm looking around everywhere, I'm late for work, I'm, where the fuck are these keys? And he didn't even say anything, I was, I was like, ten minutes later, he comes down, why didn't you ask me? I don't think that you've got the fucking keys. Nah, I was asleep. And then I wake up because you're going, where are these keys? And you went, you haven't had the keys, Todd. I went, yeah, I have. (laughs) 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 Got any more of that beer? We drunk one. Yeah. He's an alcoholic, he is. Could you grab us one, please? It's a, it's a big bottle up there. Uh, we're, otherwise, you'd have a massive. Um, I don't even have a gin and tonic. Like, only one okay. There'd be a massive dip in listeners if you walked off to get a beer. They'd that just skip true. 10 seconds. Yeah, they would. Uh, people are only here for him. For gin. Yeah, that's yeah. correct. Yeah. That's, that's correct. It's a bit like your business. <laughs> it's a your nose, business, isn't it? Your business is pretty much my business now. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. All the time. Yeah. So, you're, you're racing enduro. You're working for your mum and dad. At yeah. what stage? I mean, I kind of remember. I'm going to guess at about 2017. You had the idea of setting up your own business. Yeah, I mean, like I think if we're being honest, the racing was okay, but I was also never ever going to get really any better. Yeah. You know? And at the time, I was like, I quite liked the whole scene, and I was like, well, what what can I do to kind of stay here because I can't stay here as a racer yeah ultimately so I was like okay you know I can make stuff um, I used to break chain guys literally every two weeks it was those shitty 13 ones yeah and I was like oh, I'm going to make a chain guy that doesn't break and, uh, yeah and you you made one didn't you yeah and we it was like me Stu and a few <coughs> other people had the prototypes I still got that prototype yeah and it's, it's still running it still runs I mean yeah okay maybe it was a little clunky and a little unrefined but uh it worked and it didn't break and uh, yeah, you know that's what I um, that's what I, I needed from components at the time. Yeah, and it was it was quality gear and that's when the likes of me, Stu, and a few other people. Do you have any pros on it? Do you have Matt Simmons trying stuff then or not? Uh, not the back in that time though. But I remember like you did have a pro. Me, Jim. yeah, you, yeah, obviously, and Stu, yeah, pro. yeah, yeah. Kev factory race them. Yeah. So we we're trying these bits and we're like, okay, now you're onto something here. And then you're like, oh, well, you know, I might might do this, that, and the other. What yeah. was your next move? And and how did it go down with your mum and dad? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna not answer that one. Um, <laughs> yeah. But um, you know, it was very much at that time. We're just gonna. I'm just gonna make a few things on the side. Yeah. It, it wasn't like you know a pop business it, it wasn't this it wasn't that it's just what it was 
Were you enjoying <coughs> your work at the time? Uh, I, I enjoyed parts of my work. I've always yeah. enjoyed making stuff. Uh, I don't think I'll ever not enjoy making stuff. Um, and you were based at Forden at the time. Leighton, it was. Leighton, sorry, yeah, near, yeah. near Welshpool. That's it, yeah. And then um, my dad actually sold his business to a local company in Newtown. Who, yeah. That's where they, the yacht the yachts came into it. Um, so they they made like yacht awnings. Yeah. And uh, I took over that business and then started running it on their behalf. So you were like the managing their business, basically. Yes. Yeah. And at the time... Uh, just to explain you're just you're not uh, this is what surprised me really when I come and saw you at work you're not just a machine operator are you you're a CNC um, programmer yeah so I'm um, there's a machinist and there's machinists uh, yeah. you know they're, they're, there's a massive gap in between um, but yeah I am ultimately a CNC miller and yeah. uh, I prefer to do the, the higher complex kind of five axis work over the the kind of basic stuff so yeah so five axis for anyone who doesn't know that's basically a milling machine that has five different angles it can move is that right that's correct yeah so your standard milling machine would have like three axes I told you i'm an engineer yeah it's that yeah. easy now <laughs> yeah, yeah. qualified yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah you know um and all, all my uh my as they say all the skills are self-taught i think in any sort of engineering you do have to be self-taught you know because uh if you're given a five-axis milling machine and you're told you've got to do that job and you don't know how to do it, then what do you do? You either, how do you learn? So you watch videos on Instagram, you know, you Google stuff, you see how other people are doing, doing stuff, and yeah. you ultimately have to... Even though I hate it when people in engineering are saying, I think it's that, uh, at yeah. some point, you always almost have to like have a bit of a go, you know? You are a proper engineer, because I remember talking to you about like me doing landscaping, and, yeah. and you saying, oh, I couldn't do landscaping, it's not pre- not precise yeah, enough. Yeah, I, I hate cutting grass, and you get like blades of grass on, on like the tiles, it pisses <laughs> me right off. So would you say you're quite, I mean, I thought you were quite OCD when it comes to your components. I, I'm particular in certain things. Yeah, that's you know. a good thing though yeah, yeah. I think well, well, it's a, a with that most engineers I guess um, but yeah um, yeah things have got to be a certain way and if they're not a certain way then you know so I'm going to I'm going to come back to all this in a minute but it was at this time when you started getting tattooed so I had two sleeves when I was like 18 um, and I kind of left it at that they were done by Colin and then, yeah, about four or five years ago, I was like, right, I'm getting loads of tattoos. And you fucking, typical yeah. coop, yeah. uh, I'm going to get it done, proper yeah. obsessed. You literally are covered now. Yeah, I've you? got my whole body done. Yeah. yeah. So I've got a full body suit in, in really about four to five years. So yeah. Are you <coughs> willing to um, let people know how much that cost in total? I haven't actually added it up, and I'd probably rather not. Add it up. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to guess at over 20 grand. Yeah, I mean, I, it, it, it's going to be a lot of money, isn't it? You know? Yeah. But it's here. It's with me for life, you know. Do you know what? I was thinking about this the other day because I was thinking about a few questions and I thought about asking that. And then I thought about people thinking, yeah. fucking hell, 20, 25, whatever grand, yeah. right? Some people will buy a car for mm-hmm. 50 grand. That car will drop 20 grand as soon as you take it off the forecourt. Yeah. Not at the moment because of all the madness with cars, yeah. but normally. Yeah. And you'll never get that back. At no. least you've got some of your money that's there for life. Yeah, you know, I, I certainly don't regret any of it. I certainly, you know, um, yeah, you know, I wouldn't change it. I would definitely do it all over again. 
you know it's um, do you I, think people look at you different having all the tattoos or not I don't probably not no I mean I've got a few scars all over me, on my face anyway yeah so I don't really think uh, it makes people look at me any more than what they would do anyway so right so when you're when you're doing this setting up and thinking about setting up a business and you're working there are you looking at other businesses as kind of role models who who would you look at and think oh that's good I'd like to use I mean, that as starting up I guess not so much really because I was trying to do something in between so like the chain guide nobody really did one yeah and uh, the same with a few things like at the time chain rings nobody really did them but as my company progressed and I guess I was more interested in it then yeah I did start to look at certain competitors yeah more um I wouldn't say Hope is a competitor. Uh, you know, they're considerably larger than us. Yeah. But um, I do like their, their kind of business models. The yeah. fact that everything's made in the UK, they, they, they're not scared to buy machinery. They do everything in-house. You know, that's the kind of, the overall image of how I want my business to be. But I don't want my products to be like their products. Yeah. I think they are expensive and I think some of them don't look best. Right. So... Have, I heard a rumour I don't know if it's true I don't know if you know if it's true that Hope have paid for everything they've got like all it's all paid up front you <coughs> heard that or uh, it doesn't seem to make sense though well I severely doubt that um, any kind of manufacturing business like they guys let's just say they've got 50 machines they've probably yeah. most likely got 20 of them financed at one point um, machines are financed over 5 years yeah so once the after the five years they're paid off, uh, you get at least ten years out of a machine. If you look after them well, you can get up to twenty. Can you lease any of the machines? You can lease them, but yeah. it's not uh, the, your monthly payment will be slightly cheaper, but you're not left with the asset at the end. So it's yeah. not the, the the best way to do it. I'm just opinion. thinking, like you know, obviously they, they'll sort of be quite out of date, or that, is it, or is it not like that? It's uh, you know, um, we had one old machine. A while ago, this is back in the in the in the the very early days when I was about seventeen. That was knackered. Yeah, it had like point point one one out in the spindle, and it, and, uh, it was worth about two thousand pounds. Yeah, but it would do certain jobs, and it would do them well, and it would make money. Yeah, so it's all down to what it's doing. So, like a stem, for an example, is uh, quite strenuous on a machine because it's quite a long billet, mm. and it's uh, it does put quite a lot of leverage on there. A pedal, however, is something that's really not strenuous on the machine. Yeah. So let's just say a machine that was a little tired and a little old, and it was making stems. If you were to then change it to a different product, it could right, still get a lot you. more time yeah. out of it. It Chain- could cope with something that was easier to make. Yeah, yeah. And I, the stem's like a thick thing, isn't it? It's mm-hmm. solid. And I was thinking that the other day. You know, when people are like, "Oh, why don't, why don't people do titanium?" Yeah. It'd be so. With a stem or something like that, it's so pointless. Yeah, so titanium. Uh, it's hev- it is heavier, isn't it? It is heavier than aluminium, yeah. Because so it's, it's stronger. Yeah, it, titanium for me is not the one. Um, it's got a bit of flex in there. Uh, as a rule, titanium is half the weight of steel, but twice the weight of aluminium. Yeah. So unless it's like really structural, you wouldn't need it. And, you know, we, we're not making parts of a plane here. We're just. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're just. Um, you know, we're making bike parts, you yeah. know. There's no crude way about saying it. The bike parts are pretty simple in the engineering world. Yeah. You know. So, 
you're at the stage where you're starting to make components. What was your next component after you'd done the chain ring? Um, so <clears throat> it was a bit of a weird one because we started to get, we got a distributor um, on board and we had just the chain rings and, and chain guides. Yeah. And at that point I started to develop a load of products. So pedals, stems, um, <clears throat> stem caps, stem spaces, quite a number of things. Yeah. And uh, kind of worked away, prototyped all them lot and started to get some, some work in products that we were happy with you know and uh, as you all know it went quite south from there didn't it yeah so yeah. can you say what happened then or do you want to just sort um, of say you went on your own well I'll briefly say that the uh, the distribution didn't work at all and uh, yeah I ended up sacking them very abruptly and uh, going it completely alone yeah which was the best decision I ever made in my life yeah I remember you can I, I mean, can I say that I was quite involved in a way? Well, I obviously rang you to speak about it, didn't I? And I remember literally uh, almost full bore shouting at you down the phone at one point because I was yeah. so annoyed about what they'd done. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and... Um, and also, there's a few <coughs> things like I've helped you with, in the, like when you first started, mm -hmm. I, we'd be, me and Cassie would be spell-checking yeah. your stuff, we'd be checking <laughs> yeah. out all your press releases. Yeah. I'd be, I mean, I kind of named your trying, business. Yeah. Trying to help, yeah, yeah, come up yeah. with a name. Yeah, so that was I looked, part. You came I, up, yeah. it was Unity, wasn't it? So yeah. you look. said to me, I want to name the business, and I said, oh, well, let's look at a Welsh, something Welsh. Mm -hmm. And then the Welsh, was it the Welsh for precision was Unity? Unity or something like that, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's it. And then we found out that was already a name for a BMX that's thing. It. And then you said Unite. Yep. And I still think I fucking called your frame billet. No, that was me. Was that, that was definitely, definitely me. you? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's just, okay. yeah, I'm claiming that, sorry. I will try and claim anything. <laughs> yeah, <you>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everything's You're it? too weedy to think of billet. You'd be like... Yeah, yeah whatever. Yeah. I'll call it millet. <laughs> Remember millet? That's probably better, actually. <laughs> Is millet still about that town? I think so. town. Yeah. I thought you meant because we were going to millet. Yeah. Literally millet. Yeah, that's what I meant at yeah. first. And then I... Not some chav shop. You know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> so you had to kind of break away from this engineering company that was doing the uh, all the yachting stuff. How did that come yeah, about? Yeah, so they're, they are actually a, uh, a small shell in my business. Um, they've never had kind of any input. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, they never financed me either. But what they have, what they did do was allow me to run my business alongside the other business. And yeah. got, they also acted as a guarantor on my loans. Yeah. So they were quite crucial in getting my business to where it needs to be today. And you've you've fucking borrowed a lot of money, haven't you? Oh, thanks, Jim. No, I don't <laughs> mean. Well, I'm scared. No, I mean you've <laughs> like it costs a lot of money to set up this sort of business. Yeah, these so the machines aren't cheap. You know, um, I'm not, I don't want to go into exact figures, uh, mm. but you you know you, you're talking six figures per machine, and yeah, um, yeah we've got four machines in there. Yeah. So it's, it's not a you can't just go and do it on a whim. You can't just do it by going to see your local bank, man. You know, you, you and uh, you can't just get these loans and start paying back in a year. You know, the machine lands, you have to pay it, you know. So you've but, got to get your head down and get stuff made. I think the <coughs> thing with you and your business and how you run it that I... I mean, I don't want to sit here and fucking blow smoke up your arse. I still think you're a knob. <laughs> but, um, I think the thing that impressed me the most is the way you learn and by saying that I need to sort of clarify 
So, for instance, you wanted to get up there on Google on the yeah. search. Mm-hmm. So you rent, you hired some Google fucking employee, didn't you? And you were paying them a fortune every month. But you learned what they did. Yeah, so I asked them to do an audit, which cost me quite a bit of money. And then they wanted well, it was something like £1,000 a month to get me to the top of Google. And I just kind of, literally, I was like, I'm not paying that. And I yeah. just, just learned it. And uh, that's the same attitude I've had to every part of my business. So, photography. Um, I was getting pictures done. They were costing about six hundred pound a month. So you did it yourself. Yes, yeah, so I bought myself a yeah. Sony A7. Cost me about six hundred pound, and I literally just yes. Your photos are good. Yeah, they're of a reasonable standard. I'm sure yeah. you know some photographers out there would be quick, critical of them, but you know for like Instagram, they 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 do the job. Yeah. The website I do myself. The the design I do myself. The accounts I do myself. You know, the media is absolutely. I think that's what has made you more than. It. I mean, obviously it's good products, mm-hmm. but products are nothing without good media because you, you're not getting out there. Your media is absolutely spot on. Yeah, we've tried to be consistent in our media. We have changed a bit recently, but we've also tried to show the fact that we are, you know, we are an actual business of actual people. Yeah. You know, sometimes I I can maybe be a little ranty on there and uh, go on about things that annoyed me yeah. you know? but it's because uh, uh, my business is like other than my kids you know it's everything to me it's um, it's it's literally everything you know so and uh, I will do anything and everything to kind of carry it on you know you, you are 100% a workaholic though aren't you, you oh you I like to be you busy you never fucking stop if, how many hours do you reckon you do a day 24 <laughs> <laughs> no it's uh I don't know. I mean, you probably do like between kids and stuff, an eight to nine hour working day. And then when they're in bed, the laptop comes out and you, you do all the other stuff that yeah. needs to be done, you know. And then three hours later, you kind of, you go to bed. So, Has it been hard? It's very hard. It's still yeah. hard now, you know. it's um, I've still got a, at least a year and a half of a lot of hard work ahead of me before we, we're at that point where we can employ enough people for me to stop doing, to stop overworking. So how many have you got there now? So there's four of us at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. And just explain to people... And you you got robots as well, haven't you? Yeah. That's, that's, that's not that's like robots he's not, hired in. No, obviously yeah. not. Come, but come off the telly. Like, yeah. You can work... You can, it works overnight. It runs... Yeah, it, so it runs overnight. So uh, on, on our milling machine, yeah, we've got a robot which tends it. So that's making pedals, stems and seat clamps. How often does that go wrong? At the moment... Touch words, not not very much. Yeah, there's quite a few TV issues. There always is. I'm so high tech that thing because you can like power it off your phone, can't you? And yeah, you can do literally all sorts, you know. Uh, and you can also do it as complicated or as simple as you want. Um, so at the moment, the robot talks to to the machine like electronically. Yeah. All right, mate. Yeah, literally, yeah. that's what it says. <laughs> Having a good night. Yeah, it's all right. I'm glad the boss is not here. He's right, cunt. <laughs> Yeah, start making cups of tea, yeah. start yeah. slacking, you know, yeah, like they do. But yeah, no, and you, you can get them to do very, you know, you can make it, like I say, complicated or simple. You can get it to literally press a button with the yeah. actual robot, you know, rather than that trying to do it electronically mm. in the background, which uh, for me, um, I think it's important that everything works to everyone's skill set. Yeah. So things like that are actually quite easy to do for even somebody like yourself. Yeah, well, I came and worked with you for a day, didn't I remember? Yeah, yeah. I think and you, I was loading the pedals and you all went, that. You were dove, dove, dovetailing the stem billets. That was back when we were doing them by hand. Yeah. Yeah, in the old place. So do you want to explain to people exactly 
what products you now do and what products you are going to do. So we've got chain rings, chain guides, uh, stem spacers, stem caps, linkage bolts, seat clamps, pedals, stems, cranks. Uh, bash plates? Chain guides, isn't is that it? Is that clusters as chain guides? Yeah, yeah. I class as that. So that's kind of where we are at the moment. And when you list them all like that, you actually think, oh, I actually haven't got that many products, you know. Um, which we, we kind of haven't in, in terms of core products. Sounds, sounds like a lot to me. What about the cranks? So the cranks are actually kind of going on the machine as we speak, and I can't wait to get them actually you made. Got, how many pre orders have you got for them? I couldn't tell off the top of my head, but it's, it's, a, it's a good number. Yeah. And it's been. Uh, don't want to get political, but it's been problematic uh, because of Russia, because a lot of 7075 plate comes from Russia. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. And you had problems with Taiwan as well, didn't you, with the axles? Yeah, so um, we uh, so there's a, there's a factory out in Taiwan that makes pre- pretty much everybody's axle. Yeah. And uh, we got set up with them. We got the first batch. It was all brilliant. Batch landed, and then... They turned around and said the next batch will be April 2022. Wow. Yeah. Which and that, was, that was what, in like November that last was, year? Yeah. You know, it was like... Yeah, it was like I, I was remember better. that because you were pretty stressed. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was not, not not happy at all. And like the, um, the Taiwanese, there's no care, there's no reasoning, there's no nothing. Even though they always continually said it would be, you know, three-month lead time. Yeah. You know, it was just like, that's it. I don't give a shit if you don't like it. You know. So you had to buy them in the UK, didn't you? It cost you a fortune. Oh, so it got a lot worse than that. So we ended up finding uh, um, another Chinese supplier who made some samples, which were great. And the production order was coming, and it was late, and it was late, and it was getting later and later. I think at one point it was about two, two and a half, three months late, and then they scrapped the whole batch. Wow. And, uh, and in, then, the, in the meantime, you've got like, um, some bike yeah. shop saying where the fuck are they I guess they're saying yeah where, where, where's, where's my pedals but then also there's the financial aspect which people never quite think of I had this machine that just landed which I've got got, got to sorry okay, I have to keep telling them to yeah. move forward move to forward. the microphone I started to get a bit, uh, a bit into it then yeah, and, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so yeah I had this machine that we had to pay for this much this much amount a month yeah. and we got no axles so we basically bought a machine sat there doing nothing mm. you then got to pay your metal supplier you got to pay for the bearings you got to pay all, everything else for the pedal to be to sat there because this company who you paid almost a year ago hasn't delivered yeah and uh they were like, yeah, it'll be another three months. Wow. And, uh, yeah. Did I, you get your money back off? I did get my money back off, I mean, in all fairness, which yeah. uh, can be very difficult for, if you're dealing with the Far East. But at yeah. that point, uh, they, they gave me the money back and um, we had to go down a different route. So pedal axles at that point were, they would, they'd be soft turned, yeah. they'd be heat treated, they'd be plated black, and then they would be ground. If we tried to make them in the UK, it cost about twenty pound a pair. Wow. Yeah, which means a pedal Jesus would have to be about two hundred pound. Yeah. Yeah. So that didn't quite cut it. So what we did is we changed the material to uh, a material called seventeen four stainless steel, which is a, a very very hard stainless steel, and uh, it literally comes off the lathe and it's done. So mm. you haven't got to plate it and you haven't got to heat treat it. And there's not many companies that do that. I think there's. I know a company did it a while ago. And I believe there's one company in the UK also does it, um, but I think 
in terms of being able to make it in the UK, I think that's the only way you can really do it, kind of at a reasonable cost. Yeah, you know. So you got it sorted in the end. Yeah, we got it sorted in the end, and we've got our own lathe now, and we actually make the axles ourselves. Well, that's brilliant. Even though it still makes no financial sense to make an axle in the UK before we've even paid for the material. But at least you're cutting out the idiot man. Yeah, <laughs> and we can, you know, we can obviously can control it, but you know, a lot of people say, "Oh, Taiwan, the quality shit." You know, it's not. You mm. know, the stuff coming from there is good. They know what they're doing. Um, I would never sit there and say, "Taiwan's Taiwanese axles were poor quality" because because they're, mm. they're not. You know. So you've you've come away from the other company, even though they're still are they still shareholder? They are, yes. But you got your own place now in Newtown, yeah. or uh, as they say, drain their with. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Impressed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no. And man of many so, talents. Yeah. We need that to talk about it. your bike. Let's talk yeah. about the the bike. What what gave the idea? Who did you work with? And what stage are you at with this? Well, say bike frame. Yeah. I mean, I think what gave me the idea was, I guess, Paul, because yeah. um, they were the first to kind of adopt the CNC bike, um, and also the fact that we've got all the tools to do it and I've got the skills to actually go out and make this bike so I yeah. thought well why not you know it's also from a business point of view um, it's a high high value item yeah. you know so it's kind of you know it's a logical set, step to improve your business um, so that's kind of like I guess how it started and uh, I went after it was Alistair Beckett who has a company called Redburn Design Limited yeah. and he has designed a number of bikes, so the Some privateer, big, big bikes, forbidden, yeah. forbidden, privateer, yeah, quite. Uh, there's a few people involved with the forbidden, but yeah, you know, he knows what he's doing. Yeah, he used to design all the nuke proofs as well. And uh, what's the what's the gravel bike he did? Was it rib? Not rib. Oh. Um, can't remember what it's called now. What's that? It's 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 it's, home. it's his brand. He does a gravel bike that's very big seller as well. Yeah, no, I can't remember. Oh, well, it's gravel, so who cares? Yeah, yeah, come on. <laughs> you used to, you mate, used to love gravel. Months yeah. I, did, I did try. Eight months ago, yeah. you would have been going. Yeah, but then yeah. I got a fucking hardtail and realised where I was yeah. going wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Biking's biking if you enjoy it, whatever. Yeah. But uh, let's not have 12 bikes in our garage for every different thing. Yeah. You know? Do you reckon you'd ever make stuff for gravel bikes and um, road bikes and that? Road bikes, I'd like to, yes. I did used to do quite a lot of road cycling myself. Uh, gravel. Maybe, but uh, we'll see. It's very niche, isn't it? It is very niche, and I think it's definitely had its peak. And yeah, you don't hear as much about it now, do you? No, you don't. But we'll we'll see how it, what happens there. I guess. I'm getting it's attacked a dog, by the dog, dog on the table now. He's almost in the mic now. <laughs> <laughs> so the, so tell us more about this bike. Four four bar link. Oh <laughs> fucking hell! <laughs> God. He just dragged my, <laughs> dragged my microphone off the table. <laughs> it had to happen. Uh, um, so, yeah. I don't say, don't work with kids or, or animals. animals. Yeah. So, four bar linkage. Yeah, so um, we're obviously going to go and use a new manufacturing method. And for me, being a racer, the bike always has to perform. Yeah. And, you know, what's the best performing bike of all time? Trek session. You know, it's very similar to the Trek. It was... You know, it was the obvious choice. Track slash? Session, downhill bike. Oh, right. I forget you're not a downhiller. No. Yeah. I don't know. I thought you were on about the slash, because it's, it's quite similar geometry to the slash. Yeah, no, I, <clears throat> I'm a, I do like the slash. Big fan. But yeah, you know, the slash is also based on the session. Yeah, yeah, true. Um, 
and yeah, like I said, it needs to it needs to perform. I'm not just making a bike, you know, out of a out of steel for it to not be very quick down a hill. That would just be for me make no sense. You know, it needs steel. To, yes, you should love a steel bike, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I just don't believe like steel to be a high performing material. Oh right, sorry. Yeah, I thought you meant you were actually going to make it out of steel. No, when you no. said that, I was going to say. I was about to let you know you were doing it out of aluminium because yes, you'd forgotten. I forgotten. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Jim. So there's some unique features on this. Obviously, it's um, so the way it's made is pretty unique. Um, yeah. Now it's actually been a company in Canada slash America since he's bought out something incredibly similar. Yeah. Um, Did that annoy you? Not really. Good effort. Good, I, I good effort. Did you them. think I wish I'd have fucking done mine? I, I did and don't but then you see it was a team of five people who must have a lot of money from somewhere yeah. doing it you know and then you know when you you look at what i'm doing solely like people ask me where's the bike why haven't we got the bike yet and they go you come to my factory and i say well the bike's not going to pay for anything on this floor until about a year and a half yeah and i can't just stop doing everything to yeah. make this bike right now you just can't you know mm. we, you've got to worry about what's you know i'm running the business I'm not, you know, it has to make money. Well, you have ultimately. to pay, you like, have to pay your dues, bills. wages. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You have to pay your bills, you know. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yes, it'd be amazing to go into a business with a lot of money behind you, but I just think, well, one, it probably wouldn't suit me so much because I like to do what I want to do, as you know. You've thought about investors, haven't you? I have thought about it, and uh, you never rule anything out. Um, would make things like a lot easier obviously because yeah. we could just go and get on with this and get it made and start cracking on but uh it is what it is you know it's not yeah. like uh i really want one and uh you know for now i'm, I'm relatively happy but we, we do need to get this bike made so we can actually so get on with it the bike itself cnc'd in two halves and then no so that's how paul did it um if you to do that do that now god i bet you they've had some massive price increases yeah so like what we're doing it is we're making, because let's say the front triangle, you kind of got your three corners, we're yeah. going to machine them out of billet sections and then weld tubes in between. Yeah, yeah. laser welding on it. Yes. Yeah. And then you're having a, is it a storage compartment down the bottom? Yeah, so we need to get a load of weight out the bottom. So storage compartments also make sense to do that. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, um, I'm trying to think of the other features. It's been such a long time now since it actually had been designed. You know, you're talking big bearings, uh, all the same bearings, so it's easy to maintain. 29. Yeah, long travel 29er again. It's got to be fast down the hill. Yeah. I don't see the point in doing anything other than that initially. 29, 29's free speed. Yeah, yeah. Mullet's yeah. good if you've got short legs. <laughs> Simple as that, I yeah, think. Yeah, mullet, again, for me, is potentially a bit of a fashion. And, uh, yeah. I think the fashions are going away in the last couple of years. I think people are more interested in just riding. But uh, yeah, I've got no no want to offer a mullet bike. High pivots, big fashion at the moment. It was, now mid that? pivot. Yeah, yeah. Which, uh, which is my e-bike. I think the high, you know, uh, I actually, you know, going back to as a kid, I almost uh, started riding for Balfour. It kind yeah. of fell through last minute, but they had uh, a high pivot bike, you know, years ago. And... Uh, I think the high pivot thing is just the common cell Daniel Time team made him look so cool. Yeah. You know, yeah. I don't think it's got anything else to do with anything other than that. Mm. You know, at that a couple of years ago they were they were they were killing it and uh, yeah, the fact that they're all changing from high pivot to mid pivot says a lot. 
Yeah. You know? you, you've seen my e-bike. Haven't you? you haven't seen my new one. I haven't seen that's, it yet, That's no. mid, mid-pivot. <coughs> yeah. It, it, it handles so well. It's ridiculous. I mean, the, the reality is you could get a track, you can get a slash, you can get that. And nobody's going to be any quicker and slower on any bike. No. You know? There's it, plenty of people winning World Cups who aren't on high or medium pivot, pivots. There is, yeah. And they're not, they're not on super long bikes they're not on super no, slack bikes yeah you know? it's funny like when Danny Hart was like world champion everyone was having zero mil rise bars mm. and now it's a couple of years ago it was Bicelands now everyone's having 50 mil rise bars it's just uh, yeah it's it's what's cool at the time yeah, not yeah. actually what works yeah because everybody is different you know mm. um, the other thing I want to talk about which is your kind of latest development is your switch that you're going to be doing from anodizing to... Anavar. Anavar. We won't talk about what that is. To anodizing to Cerakote. Yes. Let's talk about that, because I think that's a really cool move. Yeah, I mean, anodizing is the only subcontract process we have at the moment. And Did you think about setting up your own anodizing? So yeah, so anodizing plant is is not cheap. You're talking kind of like one hundred and forty thousand pounds for quite a basic plant. Yeah, it's um, messy. It's very high. It's not very good for your health. It's, it's not yeah, a nice process. All of the above, and there's a lot of tanks because we've got a lot of colours, and it's going to take up a lot of space, which mm. we don't have. And uh, yeah, so I was kind of like, well, I don't particularly want to do that. So I was literally tapping away. I'd heard of Saraco a while ago because I was going to get my motorbike. Yeah, done. And then uh, just tapping away on the computer, researching, and uh, yeah, it kind of came up, and I started to seriously kind of look at it, you know. Yeah. And then look. Well, well, our Stantons are <coughs> Cerakote. They got the our titanium ones. They got the Cerakote um, logo. 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 Yeah, yeah. on. And you you make stuff for Stanton, don't you? We do. Yes, we make. Anyone anyone else you want to mention? I'll 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 leave them. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but you do do stuff for we other do do stuff manufacturers, for manufacturers don't you? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay, carry on, sorry. So yeah, and uh with the, the material prices rising so much as well, we needed something that we can condense our stock with. Yeah. So Serico allows us to condense our stock massively. So at, at the moment we've got to send a hundred chain rings to Andizen if we yeah. want to in any colour. Yeah. So that means we end up with a you know, a lot of stock. And uh, if that's a thirty six tough Shram and green, you know, we ain't going to shift them. Yeah. So this allows us to really condense our stock down. Would you make them to order? Would you just have a load of... We'll make them to order because it would take too long. And uh, customers, as amazing as they are, can be really uh, impatient. Yeah. They don't like to wait. So. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us the benefits of Cerakote and how uh, the process <coughs> and the benefits. So the benefits are it's uh, an exact colour match. Yeah. And we can do it from any material. So we could Cerakote, carbon fibre, plastic, uh, literally anything, and it would be an exact colour. Mm. Even if we did it 10 years ago, it would still be the same. Yeah. So anodizing, it's relatively close, but it's, you know, it is noticeable. Cerakote's like a military paint. They use it on guns. They use it on guns. I wouldn't say, they use, it's, I wouldn't say it's a you know, like a military spec paint. I think that'd be kind of overdoing it a little bit, but it's used a lot in guns, yeah. you know, in the US. That's kind of where... I guess it that kind of says how tough it is. It really. does, yeah. You know, if it, if it if it works in a gun, which also are quite high tolerance, you know, parts as well. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's what's it's the, what's the thickness of a Cerakote uh, paint? Point zero two. So it's fuck all basically. Yeah, so anodizing's around I don't know point right, well, two microns. 
can be worse. I used to have them on my 50cc micron exhausts. Yeah? Mm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Awesome story. <laughs> nice dad joke, that, yeah? Yeah. Todd has yeah. no idea what I'm on about. No. <laughs> but, but, yeah, you know, it's still thick and anodizing, so let's say, for example, our pedal, we won't, we won't be anodizing the, the bores. No, sorry, we won't be coating the bores. We're going to mask all them up. What's the bore? What's up? For the, the, the bed. Oh, the inside bit. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I got yeah. you. So there is, um, you know, we have, we have got, I say, work around that is probably better. The fact that it's not actually plated at all. Yeah. So it will be more consistent. Could you not make, this is the, obviously the engineer in me thinking. Yeah. yeah. Could you not make the bore 0.2 whatever wider and then Cerakote it? What if you painted it twice? What if you did this? What if you did that? I'd only paint it once. Would you? Yeah. yeah. yeah I'd get it right. <laughs> yeah. I'd be yeah. pretty good. I'd be really good at it. Yeah. Well... <laughs> <laughs> One thing you always try to do, Jim, is reduce variables, and uh, yes. there's absolutely no point in it being in there. You'll never see it, so no. why put it in there? Yeah, it's just the thought it'd be there. <laughs> yeah, I'd just say to people that's cerakoted inside. Yeah, there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh Make it heavier God. as well. It's got interior cerakoting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Military grade. Yeah. So, <laughs> so what about costs? Once you. Bought all the stuff. Is it expensive to buy this Cerakote? Uh, so in that, compared to anodizing, it's relatively cheap. So you have to sandblast everything. You then spray it with like a paint gun. Yeah. And then it has to go in a curing oven. Um, the actual Cerakote isn't all that cheap, but it is cheaper than anodizing. What sort of size oven have you got to buy for this? It's big as you want. So the weird, our products are quite small. But like Cerakote's used a lot for alloy wheels and motorbike frames and stuff like yeah. that so generally you get a good size oven but not, it's not going in your domestic oven you know you're talking a proper that's good because Jim doesn't even know how to switch one yeah. of them on I don't even know what an oven is yeah. there's a lot of things I don't know how to turn on love <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> we all know that too. Uh, yeah Todd doesn't know what to do now does he no I'm going to leave in a minute <laughs> yeah so that's that's like happening pretty soon. You've had the you've got the, the sandblaster um, there. You've got the yeah. sandblaster. How long yeah. till you get the actual Cerakote? So uh, that's all kind of the, the spray booths on order. Uh, everything's on order basically, but we're going to start doing kind of trials by the end of next week. Yeah, yeah. And what else have you got coming that you think is um, you know? worth talking about have you got any other ideas of things that are coming I've up I've got about a million ideas um, have you I'm trying to keep them close to my chest because uh, apparently that's what you're supposed to do yeah apparently <laughs> yeah. Jim don't keep anything yeah. close to his chest I'm also a bit of a blurber if I make something I like it I generally put it on Instagram um, yes but, uh, yeah you you put a lot of stuff on Instagram don't you mm-hmm. you've got your own and you've got um, Unites yeah. Unites mm-hmm. yes that going all right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, good. yeah. How do you find your support in the local area? Um, initially, great. Then it goes a bit washy. Then it kind of comes back. I think now, yeah. you know, Unites. You know, technically, I say Unites been going about two years since we, since I sat like the, properly. Yeah, since I sat the distribution, every, everything you see now has been done in the last two years. Yeah. So I'd say it has a very new business. You and know. what plans have you got going forward for? <coughs> Uh, I mean, are you going to do... You did the Mulvans last year. Yeah. Have you got more, like, festivals, races? Are you going to be at bike shows and that kind of thing? Yeah, so uh, this year... Sorry we're if we're boring oh, It's either. getting late. What time is it? Uh, it's almost 10, 10 o'clock, o'clock here. Yeah. Bloody hell. Yeah. Past my bedtime. Yeah. Hmm. 
Um, yeah, so Morbens and Hard Rock. And as far as bike shows, we did look at uh, the London bike show. The cost was a lot of money. Yeah. So we we decided against it's ridiculous, it. ridiculous, it? And apparently it was pretty quiet. You just need to pay, like, a really good YouTube channel to represent you. Yeah. 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 You're right there. You, or us. GMBN's number. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you've got... Uh, we need to quickly talk about your latest sort of signing is Jono. Jono, Jono yes. Jones. Yeah. Is that going well? Yeah, no. Good lad. Really nice guy. Absolutely top bloke. He, he is, isn't he? Yeah. I love Jono. As a, well, you know, because we had the conversation about it and uh, I would never sponsor anybody who I think is a, a knobhead. Yeah. You know, ultimately. Why well, did he you sponsor me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel sorry for you. Yeah, he yeah. sponsored you to get to me. That was what it was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that sounds wrong as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did you see uh, well I've shown you our you know our we try always trying to do stuff on Instagram that'll get the yeah, big big we, numbers yeah. did you see our mudguard one I thought you were going to say you NB one that did that, that got about like 10,000 views I think oh shit for you sorry Jim but that, did you see the, the mudguard one yeah. is now on 750,000 750, views yeah. Can't believe it. It's all those shit videos you see on Instagram when you're flicking through. Yeah. That was what I based it on. You know, you see all the Chinese people yeah. where they'll be like showing something mental, like a chair that folds out and it's a TV and everything's yeah. slightly sped up and it's got a weird text over it. I just copied that. Oh yeah. my God. Yeah. Sped it up by half of whatever and it worked. So we, we did talk about this and you haven't had many followers come in from it, have you? From what? That video. Um, maybe I don't know. Maybe, don't yeah, know. yeah. We got seven hundred and fifty thousand followers. Every yeah. single one who watched that followed. Seven, <laughs> they yeah. were, that is yeah. great. And you're riding again now. Well, that's something we need to talk uh, about. You're yeah. back on a bike. You're, you're on Last an e-bike. I am, yes. Yeah. And uh, you went riding. Right. Flying. Yeah, you My went with Todd and Leo, didn't you? No, and they they yeah. were saying how quick I was you were getting going. Dropped on the tracks at East Ridge. Yeah. Like mm. coupon is tire. It's tired. With a ping pong ball coming out of the, the side. side of it. Yeah, don't let lend your bike to Jr. because it comes back battered. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there's five questions at the end of each podcast. We're getting towards the end now, which Ooh. I usually ask people. I say usually. Yeah. Donnie was the last one. He was the first person I did this with. So yeah. Uh, well, if, so if I refuse now, it's going to be like. Yeah. yeah. What's the most drunk you've ever been? Uh, that's really hard to answer that isn't it because yes. you probably can't remember it <laughs> was there a time you got in a real I don't know about four weeks ago we got in a bit of a mess didn't we yeah we well you went home I early, wasn't there you? yeah oh yeah I was there yeah, yeah. but I went home early because <laughs> I had to work the next day yeah so did I <laughs> were you really really bad oh uh, yeah it got a bit messy for a Sunday did it yeah <laughs> <laughs> is that all you're going to say about that well I don't want to go into details okay yeah. what is the <clears throat> most fun that you've ever had away from biking? Oh, that is a difficult one, isn't it? Yeah, I can hear the cogs wearing Yeah, yeah. It's, hard to, it's hard to kind of also stuff to say stuff that Do you, you know actually what? want to I say. S- I sent these to Donny first yeah. and I forgot to send them to you. Oh, <laughs> so he's putting me on the spot like. Yeah. yeah. I don't know, really. What about, I'm going to try and give you some suggestions. Holiday abroad... Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously you do driving that. Driving a car, rallying. Yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't say it's all really, really fun, though, you know? Mm. I'd say, actually, you know, I know it sounds daft, but work, I do really enjoy work. I sound, sounds a bit 
There's nothing wrong with that. If you enjoy your work, you know? you're winning the battle. Yeah, I remember when I first made my prototype cranks and how how proud I was to actually hold them in my hand, you know. Yeah, like that. And, and the ones that we've got uh, still going strong. Yeah, good. Uh, biggest regret? Uh, signing you. <laughs> well, I don't remember signing anything. <laughs> you need to come right, that's what yeah, I Yeah, yeah. So what is your, come on, what's your biggest regret? There must be something you think, fuck, I wish I'd have done this or I wish I hadn't done oh, There's that. a lot of things, little things I've changed along the way, but I don't have any massive kind of regrets. I don't think yeah. you can go for your life regretting everything because you were just... Uh, any tattoos? like you? Uh, that. Bluetooth. Which yeah. one hurt the most? Your stomach. Did it? Yeah, I think that's because yeah. my stomach's that's had a lot of abuse. Big fucking area, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> that took the longest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Biggest injury? Um, probably my ACL, even though he doesn't really look at it at the time because mm. it, it looks quite minor, but it was yeah. pretty, pretty long, pretty, pretty shit, pretty shit recovery. Uh, and this is the biggie. Yeah. What is the key to happiness? Oh God, do what you enjoy. It's definitely not God. Yeah. <laughs> well, what if you like well, it God? Might be God. Yeah. What if you like God? Not for me, it isn't. I think that's a really difficult one. You know, a lot of people say they're happy. A lot of people say they're not happy. Do you know what? I think you've already answered it. What's that? Do whatever. Have a job that doesn't feel like a job. Yeah, and no, you know, I've got this job that some lot of people might look in and go think, "Wow, that's amazing." But then, do you when, think sometimes the job owns you? A hundred percent. I don't ride my bike anymore. Why is that? Yeah. You know, I, I did set it up to to want to be involved with riding still, and now. You know, I'm okay. I'm riding a bit at the moment, but when the weekend comes, the last thing I want to do is go anywhere near a bike. So yeah. it'll come, though, won't it? Yeah, it will. You know yeah. what I mean? It like will. you we'll say, you're like two years in properly. Yeah. Like from what you know, what you've built now. Yeah. You've got to speculate to accumulate, well, haven't you? That's it. You know. And where would you like game. to see it? Where would you like to see Unite in the future? So for my business to be a success, um, it needs to be to a point where it can employ everyone. For me to not be overworking, so yeah. I could go on holiday for two weeks and come back, yeah. and everything's done. And ride your bike a lot. Yeah, and you know, with your mates, chill out, go riding. You know, go yeah. to work for nine o'clock type thing. You know, just be yeah. what a normal boss would be like. Because mm. at, at the moment, it's it's nothing like that. You know. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think we've covered everything. Yeah. Uh, thank you for your support with right. Pin TV. Yeah. Much appreciated. Yeah. You know, obviously we've built your business up more yeah. than anyone he else he runs it he does doesn't pretty he? much my business I'm going on holiday <laughs> yeah. Made it. yeah well I'm going on holiday I'll work the machines yeah yeah um, and I yeah can't. thank you very much for coming along imagine what you come back to you like <laughs> come back to millions <laughs> millions of pieces of machines <laughs> all broken up so uh, you, people are going to see you on my vlogs as well soon because you're going to be back riding well you yeah. are back riding yeah. and we need to get you out on the more. vlog yes mm -hmm. thank you for being uh, being here <laughs> thank you for at being your at house. your house yeah, that's right. <laughs> thank you for being here at thanks home. for being in won't be here and, next week uh, yeah cheers and I'll see you later yeah thank you